welcome to the podcast series from the National Association of Directors of Christian Education. During our podcast, we focus on topics in ministry that will be a practical resource for those serving in the Lutheran Church. As a benefit for members of NADCE, we hope these podcasts will encourage you in your calling and equip and strengthen you in your ministry area. I'm Katie Morgan, and I'm your host for this episode. Today on this episode, we'll focus on a conversation I recently had about the crucible of ministry and the story of how God used the experiences of DCE Jeremy Hetzel to learn, grow, and continue to develop his ministry, even in some trying times. He learned and developed healthy habits to avoid becoming overwhelmed, stressed, and overworked in his position. I really appreciate and respect his powerful sharing of his life and ministry and how he matured in balancing life and ministry. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy our perspectives on this important part of DCE life. Hey there, this is Katie Morgan, and I serve on the NADCE podcast team, and we are very excited to be with you today. Um, We are joined today by Jeremy Hetzel, the Director of Christian Education, Director of Student Ministries at Family of Christ in Colorado Springs, which just so happens to be the very same church that I serve at. So good morning. Whoa, crazy. Yeah. No, it's fun (laughs) to be here. Um, so if you would just do a little introduction, um, let the community know who you are and maybe a little bit about the church that we serve at. Yeah. So again, my name is Jeremy Hetzel. I'm the director of student ministries uh, at Family of Christ in Colorado Springs. I have served here 12 years. I've been doing DCE type ministry for close to 20 Um, This is my third congregation, served at a different church here in Colorado Springs uh, for two years, um, right out of college, then four and a half years in Arkansas, year off because I was burned out, and now I've been here at FOC for 12. Um, I've been married to my wife, Susan, for 17 years. We have six kids, um, ages 16 to 10 and a half months, uh, actually closing in three days away from 11 months. Um, so that's a fun spread. Uh, they bring us joy and keep us tired. Um, and just to talk a little bit about family of Christ, we, um, we are a church that is kind of nestled right between the Northern part of Colorado Springs and, um, the town of Monument. So we are only 45 ish minutes from Denver. Um, but we are basically right across from the Air Force Academy here in Colorado Springs. There's other multiple bases. We have quite a few military folk. Um, because we're on the northern end of the springs, um, there's a little more regular income um, and higher incomes. And so a lot of high caliber folk um, work hard, um, serve their country. Um, so that's a little bit of kind of the makeup of the congregation. The congregation has only been here about 25 years. Um Uh, Maybe it's closing in on 30 now. Um, And we do a lot of things really well. Um, Other areas that we need to grow. um, Our pastor is actually serving in Djibouti right now um, as a Navy chaplain. So that brings a different flavor uh, to our congregation as well. So, but you know, most of that. Yes. Yes, I definitely do. Um, It definitely brings a different flavor for sure. So um, we're going to jump in. So to Today, our topic is workaholic and workaholism, Um, and I'm really excited to kind of uh, walk through these questions with you and just kind of pick your brain on what you think about this topic. So the first thing I want to ask you is, how would you describe a workaholic? 
I would describe a workaholic as someone who puts in a lot of energy and time into their job. And I think most of us recognize that there is kind of a a boundary line of this is a healthy workload and a workaholic crosses that line. I think different people have different temperaments and work speeds. Um, And so I think it's important to pay attention to your own kind of needs and how you're wired. But ultimately, I would say a workaholic is someone who is crossed into an unhealthy um, rhythm of life where their work consumes them um, to a detriment of their life. Yeah, I really like how you said like everybody kind of works at different speeds. So what may be workaholic for one person is not necessarily another, just depending on how they um, are wired internally kind of thing. Yeah, because um, I think um, just to add on to that for a second, I recognize that um I I walk with couples sometimes through um, premarital counseling. Um, And so we look at a Symbus report and guys and girls, different personality types have different speeds. And so understanding the speed that you live of life, um, what would be really overwhelming and too much for one person will be less for another. But I do think there's a pretty hard line. Like if you're regularly working 55 hours or more, I'm like, hmm, you're probably you're probably a workaholic, even if you handle fast speed really well. So I think there's a hard line, but I think we're all wired differently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are the, some of the things that you think cause workaholism and specifically looking into church work world? So, you know, this podcast is for DCEs. So what are some things that you think cause workaholics specifically in our world? There's a couple of things that come to mind. First is uh, too many of us care too much. We should just care less. Um, <laughs> I say that in jest, but <laughs> honestly, I think that's a root of a lot of what um, can breed out um, workaholism. Um, we care about the people we're serving. We care about serving our Lord. We care about helping others be in deep relationship with him, have lives that are transformed. And uh, if you've ever noticed in a church, they're full of sinners and the work never stops. So that would be kind of point number two. First off, we care so much that we don't want to let stuff slide, which which is a very healthy thing. Um, But even uh, God said, we're going to rest. And so even though he had created for six days, he said, let's rest. Um, And that was Adam's first day, which always speaks to me a lot that Adam's first day was resting not working. Um, So we care a lot, but the work never stops. And especially because some of our high traffic times are weekends, we can get in habits of really working a lot, obviously Sundays, um, then retreats or meetings with people, evenings, um, weekends. There's always people to meet with. There's always planning or meetings um, to initiate so that events can happen, um, programs can run. Um, Those would be the two primary that I can think of. We care so much and there is always work to do. Yeah, there's definitely always a list, always something, always something. We Mm -hmm. never a bored group, these church workers. We are never bored. 
Um, so in preparation for this conversation, I was doing some research and, um, I found this, uh, these statistics and they're from 2016 from the Schaefer Institute of Leadership Development. And they looked at over and talked with over a little over 8,000 people, um, specifically ministers or pastors. Um, but I do think that we could, um, equate this, for our group of people. So I'm going to read just a few of these statistics um, and then I want to get your thoughts on them. So um, one says 54% are overworked and 43% are overstressed. 41% have seriously considered leaving the ministry at one time. 18% will leave. 27% stated they have no one to turn to if they're facing a crisis. 18% work more than 70 hours a week and face unreasonable challenges and 9% are burnt out. So after looking at that, like what, how do you, how are you feeling about it? For me, the first thought is just heartbreaking. Um, as someone who has been in DCE. Yeah. Yeah. So a um, couple things. Um, so as a staff person here with you, um, it's sort of a joke, like, is Jeremy sitting in a dark room by himself? And like, I, I, we've had countless staff members who have gotten like jump scared because they walk in to a room that you're doing quiet time in and they didn't know you were in there. And they're like, Oh, you, oh, there he is. And, I, and I'll say, I like, I like to do it with the lights out sometimes because people don't know that I'm in there. So they, I can't, can't even be bothered. You. People can't, people can't find me. Yeah. Um, so- but yes. It is. So that's like a funny joke we sort of have around here. Um, But then also um, I was, um, we had attended a conference, our district educators conference in October. Um, We're so blessed. We get to go to Breckenridge, Colorado, which is beautiful. So we have this beautiful setting and we get to come learn together every year. And um, there was a pastor that was kind of guiding the devotion time, um, Nate Paragoy, who serves at Our Father in Centennial. And he was talking about Mary and Martha and like on your staff, who's your Mary? Who's your Martha? I, oh man, if you look at Jeremy and I, or you look at our staff, I am a hundred percent Martha and he is a hundred percent Mary. And like yeah. first, after I got here, I'm like, this guy just like sits in the morning. Like, you know, cause I'm like, go, 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 go. <laughs> also, you know, if you're into Enneagram, I'm an eight, he's a nine. So like that, that totally fits with our temperaments and stuff. But I really, really love that you said, like, I don't want people to take away that you have to do this right when you get here in the morning, because my rhythm in life is I do it at night. That's right. my time is in the evening. I'm a night owl. It fits, mm-hmm. fits best with me. I don't have mm-hmm. kids, so I'm not getting up and running to school in the morning. Right. And so right. like it, the rhythms I think are important based off of who you are. Um, so that's important. Okay. So as we're winding down, I, I, I want one last question. So if you would have any advice to a young DCE, who's just starting out or new in ministry to create margin and not trend towards workaholism, what would yep. be your piece of advice? Um, well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. First off, something very practical. Um, I recognize, and I learned this from, uh, the first pastor I served with here at family of Christ. Um, he, um, would kind of mark down, um, in a calendar, um, a physical calendar. Uh, I know not everyone uses those. Um, I still purchase them. I used to get them from, uh, I think it was Thrivent would send like the red, um, those were always legit. And so he would use that. Um, and so what happened is, 
he would come in and hey, it's like he'd get here at let's say it was like 810. And he would go, okay, I'm gonna round to 815. And he would mark 815 um on Monday morning or today's Thursday. So Thursday morning, the 16th. Um, and then when did he leave the office and round to the closest 15? Um and so I learned that from him. And for the last 12 years, I have tracked my weekly hours mm -hmm. um, to the closest uh, quarter hour um, so that I can pay attention to how much time am I putting in? Um, because I think a lot of times we think it's not that bad. And then you look back and you go, oh, man, I worked 55 hours and that didn't even feel hard. <laughs> like yeah. that was super easy to get to. And yeah. so. I will say that my goal is um, 45 hours a week. I I would love to be at 40 hours, um, but the chance that that happens tends to be really slim. So I shoot for 45. Um, but if I have like two weeks of 55 in a row, I'm trying to find time. I just need to comp some extra time. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously there's seasons where that's harder, but I think just tracking your time, huge blessing because then you're really paying attention to how, how much time are you putting in. Um, second bit of advice would be, I do a list uh, every Monday um, because we work Sunday through Thursday and then have Friday and Saturdays off. Um, I think it's a huge blessing if you can have two days a, a week in a row, it helps decompress and kind of be away. But I have this list and so every day, I kind of, by the end of the day, I'm like, what do I have to get done? Because when I leave, I don't want to have stuff um, still tumbling around in my head. I want to have been able to accomplish. This is what had to be done today. And I have a plan when I have to do the rest, the rest of the week. So second, have some type of list and kind of know what has to be done and what would be nice to be done, but doesn't. So it helps you prioritize. Um, and then third, I just go back to your connection time with God. Remember mm -hmm. that there is, the, the ministry that you are leading is not on your shoulders, even though the congregation may view it that way, other staff may view it that way. Um, the ministry that you are leading at the church that you are at, you are leading it because God has put you there and you are leading it um, for him. And you, it's not, it is not on your shoulders. I don't know how many times I can say that. God is the one that's in charge of it. And so if he wants fruit to flourish, then he will be the one that provides fruit. We stay connected. Um, John 15, four to five has really become my life verse where it talks about, you can do nothing without Christ, nothing. And I think a lot of times we don't believe that we go, no, I've been trained. Uh, I can do a lot of stuff. I have the personality and the temperament and the skill. Um, I can make lots of good stuff happen at church and when we can, but are we depending on him. And that's why I think it's important to spend a um, a good amount of time with God every day. Not not a 15 or 20 minute time, but a minimum 30, 30 minutes where you're journaling, where you're processing, where you're listening. Um, if you're an auditory learner, but you are connecting with God and being reminded he is the one that is leading this and he is the one that's going to produce fruit. You rest in him. And as you rest, um, he will provide. I'm provided. Uh, I'm last little thing. I'm reminded of a story. Um, 
I read it in uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, a book that our um, small group is going through, our life group. Yep. And there's this story of these folks that are, I think they're trying to get across the Rockies, um, devout Christians, two different groups. Um, they're worried about snow coming and and getting past um, or over uh, the mountains um, while the weather is okay. And so one group said, we're just going to push hard. We are not going to take Sabbath days. Um, we're not going to take rest days. We don't have time for that. We got to get through. And another group that left around the same time said, no, we're going to prioritize rest and we're going to prioritize our um, honoring God with the Sabbath. And so um, who was the group that got across the Rockies? Um, at first, it was the group that rested 24 hours every week because they got the rest. They had more energy. They they gained more time. The animals were rested. They did better. Um, and the group that just pushed through was exhausted and did not. Um, they, they took second place, even though it wasn't a race, right? They took second. And so what does it look like to find rest, prioritize rest, prioritize Sabbath? Remember that Jesus is the one leading. We stay connected to him and he will bear fruit in our ministries. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. This has been a really good conversation. I feel like we learned a lot and um, I appreciate you sharing your experiences and how you create margin in your life. Um, I'm also appreciative of you encouraging me to be more of a Mary, not a Martha. Um, and so, um, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us and um, thanks everyone for joining us on this podcast and we will see you next time. We thank you for listening to this month's podcast sample. We hope you were encouraged by listening. To hear the whole podcast, members can log in to the member area of our website at nadce.com. If you're not a member yet, we would ask that you go to nadce.com and complete the membership application so that you can enjoy all the benefits of membership. Benefits include joining us at the Tent of Meeting and Emmaus Table online community groups, receiving our quarterly publication and getting a discount to our conference that happens every other year. We wish you God's blessings on your day.